0: This is Watson Jordan. I lead the Resilience Initiative where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you. Our big idea, we can develop resilience. Our promise, we will show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Leadership, strength, and energy create the backbone of season four. Together, we explore how 12 women are leading teams that are changing the world. With each episode, you learn what fortifies their resilience in the face of adversity and what energizes and connects their teams. Today, we're joined by Heather Parks, who leads Hot Yoga Asheville which is my yoga studio. She's currently the manager of Hot Yoga Asheville, and her ultimate goal as a leader is to make sure that the company's culture is something you can feel, whether you are a part of our staff, community, or someone on the outside looking in. She wants HYA to exude happiness, support, and love. In terms of our employees, when they experience inclusive leadership behaviors and systems, they're better poised to speak up, share ideas, and adapt to change. Well, Heather, thanks for running the most important uh, yoga studio in my life, and welcome to Hashtag Resilience. We're thrilled you've joined us today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you excited about what can we applaud and support?
1: Well, Watson, thank you so much uh, for one thinking of me and having me be a guest speaker here on your show. And um, right now, I think what excites me the most is that the world more more now than ever has come to a place where self-care, it's become super important. I think um, speaking in terms of post COVID, a, a lot of people in the world realized that their health and happiness um, should be at the forefront of their lives. And I think what we do here and what should be recognized or maybe um, applauded, especially at H.Y.A. is just, you know, we, we made it through that really hard rough time um, where, you know, it was so unprecedented. It was scary. It was lonely for so many people, but we managed to pull through and stick together as a community and thrive.
0: I remember, I remember one time when we were, you all know, were filming classes and there were classes outside that you were leading. And um, this was really at the beginning of when I got to know you a little bit better. You came over to say hello, which back then was, you know, We're outside. How close can you get to people? (laughs) And I was really struck by that. And I went, you know, it just is breaking my heart. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a real moment of connection and missing what we had experienced and kind of longing for whatever the other side was going to be. And so I'm just so grateful that through the leadership there, that we got to the other side. And I think you're so right that the focus and the attention on self-care self care, really is a, a great wind in the sails for uh, a yoga studio like HYA. So is there a way that if people are in Asheville, if they want to go to a class or drop by the studio, is there a best path for them to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, we are our doors are almost always open. Come on by and check it out. We are always happy to give you a little tour and show you what we got around here. We have an amazing uh, group of people, some staff, staff always available to answer your questions. You can call us. Um, You can also just jump on our website and access just about any all any and all information on there. And um We've got a really cool summer pass right now. So, hey, if you're in town, you're new or even local and you just want to come try it out and see what it's about, um, that that would be a great place to start. You have a whole week to come in and just kind of um, practice and dabble in some different styles, uh, class times, and again, meet just different teachers.
0: Yep. Well, I can't recommend that enough. And uh, yeah, and it's hot yoga, Asheville. It's not... Um, lukewarm yoga asphalt. So.
1: <laughs> great... that, that is right.
0: <laughs> it's hot yoga. Um well fantastic. Yeah. Um so what is one question that you've always wanted to be asked? This is always a fun place to start.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I if I have a question that I have always wanted to be asked, but one thing that people always do ask me is if I was, have I ever been a gymnast or, you know, just was I a dancer? And and I, and I love to be able to tell them no, (laughs) because, um, I don't, maybe it's my practice, um, that I have, you know, now have after all these years of yoga, but, um, people tend to look at my body and assume that I came from a really athletic background, um, or have, you know, just natural flexibility or mobility. And I don't, it was actually the total opposite. Um, so I, I, I like to be able to answer people's question in that I, I actually came from having a lot of health issues and back pain. Um, actually, really early on in my life, I was in my late teens, when I first experienced herniated disc. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was one of many to make a really long story short. It was one of many. And just after several rounds of being hospitalized, um, offered surgeries, medications, um, and a way of life that I was not willing to lead, which was uh, not being active. I just decided to dabble in yoga and I, it literally changed
0: my life. Wow. So that's a, that's a real moment. I think when people have thought about going to yoga and then when they actually go, and I remember really having some apprehension and not really being sure, but, uh, my friend Jill Haney was doing some, uh, she was building some rock things in our house and we're, uh, pretty old friends. And she said, you know, I really think you would like this. And so one day I went, well, today's the day I'm going to go to yoga and I'm just going to give it a shot. And it was the minute I got there and went to class, I went, this is what I had been looking for for a long time. It was like a, a cylinder in the key of my life dropped into place when the key was turned when I went to that class so I love that yeah do you have a memory of kind of when did you start practicing and do you have kind of a first class or kind of a moment that you kind of go this is for me
1: oh gosh yeah um I mean after after being told to just again just here take take medication and you should refrain from movement um I I take great pride in that I'm stubborn in a good way. So I was not taking that for an answer. And I was like, well, I've got to do something. So I'm just going to go figure it out. And I'll never forget going to the library. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love to say that because it's not something people do much anymore. But going to the library, getting um, DVDs, like workout DVDs (laughs) from the health and fitness section. Um, along with just some books on yoga, and I actually would do it in my room, really, or in the basement of my house, yeah, uh, that I grew up in, and I would, and I taught myself. I it was self-taught um, for a long time, and it wasn't actually um, maybe until yeah, I moved here to Asheville in 2010 that I stepped foot in a
0: community class. Wow, how was yeah. that? That had to because there's a real what's the best way to describe this when you're practicing anything, but when you're practicing yoga in community, there is something going on that is more kind of in a synergistic, kind of more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. than when you're practicing individually, I've heard people talk about that with meditation, certainly with all sorts of athletics. Um, yeah. So the first time you went to class, did it did it kind of blow you away or was it just so much information that you had to kind of go back a couple of times before you could process it?
1: No, um, I mean, I found a, just a different just, just a different energy in my own body, doing it in a group setting with mm-hmm. people around me. And, you know, it. I, I felt that for the first time um, yeah. that.
0: Did Juju.
1: But yeah that juju thank you like I just it's almost unexplainable to me but I, I really felt that momentum like it gave me a, a different speed or um I just just a different overall energy in my practice it just changed it completely when I started practicing with people but I mean I'm still grateful that I I just I guess you could use the word resilient <laughs> and took on just practicing at home that was my drive it was my desire um just to get better. And I prioritized my own health, um, and self-care alone for a long time. And then being able to go out into the world that alone, uh, motivated me to want to
0: help others. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So our season four is about leadership, strength, and energy. Mm -hmm. How they're part of a powerful cornerstone of resilience. So I wanted to learn a little bit about the organization and your team, and then to hear a story about, you know, how strength and energy have really fueled your leadership. So could you tell us a little bit about your team and then uh, a fun story?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, our our vision at HYA is to be a community that uh, supports and inspires people to create a positive change in themselves and in the world and even when it's hard, right? So that is that is why I really, really, really love being the leader of HYA at this time um, and our team because I love to be motivated and I am motivated by the accountability that I that I have of hy and the, and the community, like it all, it fuels me for sure. Mm. Um, so our it- team is our team is just incredible. I mean, our teachers are so diverse; they're wonderful. They have amazing different backgrounds, and we constantly get to share ideas and be brought together um, by that.
0: Yeah, I can I can comment on that a bit that that's one of the things um it's easy to have a a teacher that you are very fond of. Um and certainly that's true for me, but the if I look at kind of my optimal week of yoga, I'll have a bunch of different teachers mm-hmm. because it's so that variety is very powerful and you hear different things and you know in the 26 pose series that kind of was my first piece there's a script but different teachers you hear different things which is fine remarkable and in flow and in yin it's much more kind of teacher centric so one person uh class would have a totally different focus and it's a different type of attention that you have to pay Mm -hmm. that variety of not just any teachers but excellent kind of dedicated um, unified uh, teachers is a great part of the studio so I think hats off to you for continuing to find uh, the right people to bring in to um, add to that. Do you have a do you have a fun story about uh, strength and energy, kind of, and how that has uh, been powerful for you, or a time you feel like you really drew on that? Because they're, I like the idea of strength and energy because they're so connected, but they're not identical pieces. Correct.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, one obviously these these past couple of years has has shown. Us a lot, and I think that going through COVID and a closure um, really brought us together. You know, it brought the strength of not just our community, like our as a whole, but like our teacher community, um, our staff together. We just grew. We 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 grew together. We depended on each other. We showed up every day, and. As far as like having to just like adapt to change, like our energy changed around here in that we went from being this in class, in person studio where we depended on each other in the room with energy, fun, lights. And it's like that whole script flipped overnight. Yeah. It was so wild. And to watch everybody adapt and change to the new was, I mean, that strength was, was beautiful to really watch, even though how hard it was. But I mean, flipping the script from that in-person classroom to online through a camera, not having people actually around you. Um, I mean, it changed the energy of like how we took classes, but the energy and strength it created within our yoga teachers was, was pretty,
0: pretty unique. You know, and interesting for kind of you and your path, that was a bit of a return to your initial uh, yoga experience.
1: Yeah, it came full circle. Where it was a little bit
0: more, you know, singular um, and less team oriented and more uh, individual focused. Well, yeah, that was, it was fantastic and terrifying to watch. Um, yeah. But I think looking, yeah. ba- looking back, you go, I think there's a, what's the phrase I like? I think that you and the studio has a lot to be proud of and a lot to look forward to.
1: Yeah. I mean, the energies of, I think of our teachers alone and individuals and as a group drew people back here to come back, to go outside, to still take a class and stay connected, and we just yeah, we hung we re, we really hung on to each other during that time.
0: Find a way, and it
1: gave it gave each other it gave us all strength to yeah. be able to come here and and still connect with people.
0: Yeah, just to see people because it was it was look the the switch was flipped. That's for sure. Yeah, that is you know fantastic. So. We have a 531 plan that helps people fortify their resilience. Mm-hmm. And the five people is about having five people in your inner circle that you admire and that you're glad they're there. Uh, we talk about three communities um, that we belong to, and the belonging is investing in and harvesting from. Not leading. And so, my example is you can totally have a community that's a bowling league. But if you have three bowling leagues at the same place with the same people, that's not optimal. Kind of different communities in different places with different people, you get that variety that uh, it's like having more stakes in the ground. And then, of course, is you know we kind of joke well you know you can have more than one but you can't have a thousand so that's our 531 <laughs> plan and so which one of these resonates with you today and do you see a connection uh with that resonance in your leadership
1: yes i mean i default right to community um i just just to kind of reiterate like how I came into a yoga community when I first moved here and it just changed the way that I felt um in my overall being and in my mind um that I wanted to take that that experience that I had and carry it over into you know my role now leading this team and this community um as I mentioned, I I just want HYA to exude happiness, support, and love, and so I keep trying to to pull that same energy that I found um, long ago and, and implement it here at HYA. But as far as being a part of a community outside of this community, I mean, I have my community as well. Like I have my family and my friends, which I depend on um, and I love very much. I have my husband and two kids and a very big family, uh, that all reside here at this time in Asheville. Um, so I, I love to have that connection with everybody.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah,
1: they help you grow there. There, I mean, your community can help you, their reflection a little, you know, sometimes and help you push you forward and encourage you to do things that maybe you don't want to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I talk about, you know, and I I heard it somewhere else, but communities are really the um, the birthplace of hope because we get to see people doing things that we'd like to do. We get to see, witness other people. What would be my personal example? I I really work hard on my handstand and crow, and part of it is yeah, you do. <laughs> part of it is because it's really it's really difficult. Um, yeah. So the the strength part I'm okay with, but doing it enough to identify that kind of sweet spot of balance is really, mm-hmm. really challenging. So I just fail a lot, but when I go to class and I see other people being able to do that, I'm really filled with hope because I go, it may take me yeah. longer but if they can do that i can get better at doing that and so a community really is where hope lives and so i think that's part of what you talked about so eloquently earlier that that's you know what the we got from the pandemic and then where we are now which is this
1: uh
0: a real source, maybe an oasis of self-care is a yoga studio. Um, and happily, it's not the only one. But I think yeah. that attention, you know, give, it's an option for people to kind of go, oh, that's that would be a great thing to learn more about. Um, totally. So we also so our last question before our fun quick strike round, is there uh, a question that you'd like to ask me?
1: What inspired you to start this podcast?
0: Um, well, that's a great question. <laughs> I had um, reached a corner professionally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I had a choice about what I was going to do next. And I was doing some... Uh, work with my friend, Diana Wu David, who leads the uh, Future Proof tribe. She's based out of Hong Kong. And I was telling her about the things I was involved in. And it was probably, it looked like a mess. You know, it was volunteering downtown with my daddy taught me that and doing these different things that they made sense to me, but I don't think it made sense to anyone else. But she's especially insightful. And she said, you know, they all really have something to do with resilience. And sometimes you, sometimes you hear something and you go, yes, that's it. <laughs> and then I went, oh, it's the resilience initiative. And I kind of go, oh, and I'll have an executive writer series and I'll do, I, it wasn't a podcast then, but I went, oh, I know exactly. So it all congealed. It just instantly fell into place. So I finished writing my book and I started out, I was interviewing people on YouTube about resilience. And after kind of three, a a friend of mine, in fact, who's my podcast mentor, Regina Larco, uh, I said, I think there's a better way to do this. And there was. And so I took a podcasting course and I went, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to, it's going to be about resilience. So the first season was about what can we learn from other parts of the world about dealing with the pandemic? So I interviewed people from all over the world about all sorts of things they do. The easy example is we don't have any history of wearing a mask in the U.S. I mean, we do now, but we didn't. Yeah. But talking to different people, and I interviewed a, a really fantastic woman uh, named Shamily, and she said, "Well, you know, there are three reasons you wear a mask. You wear a mask to protect yourself from others. You wear a mask to protect others from you, and you wear a mask to make other people comfortable. That if they wish, people were wearing a mask during those kind of high level times. That's part of being in." a community is sometimes doing things for the benefit of others that you wouldn't do for yourself. So I thought, well that was really interesting. So that's how the podcast started and it is really fun. I love getting to know people better which has happened today, but that's that's how it started. So kind of another book later and a good amount of public speaking and writing and promoting resilience around the world. So Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, so now we go to our super fun quick strike round. So <laughs> what book are you reading?
1: Yoga anatomy.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. That, it's all connected. You, you know, you, know? you got to keep learning. There's no getting <laughs> around that. What? Um, and we'll put um, information mentioned earlier about contacting Heather and uh, links for that book and for music. So when you really need to get going, what music do you listen to?
1: Oh I am I'm am a bit of a rock and roll fan and I am a lover of Led Zeppelin. So
0: you you're <laughs> in good co- you're in good company at the Anyone song that's got kind of a go-to Led Zeppelin song?
1: Ramble
0: on. There you go. Love it. Boom. Boom. So what is the, uh what's the best advice that you've ever gotten?
1: Mm. Probably not to give up on something just because it's hard.
0: Not to give up on something because it's hard. I just wrote a podcast yeah. on doing things that are hard. So that's an interesting connection there. I'll have to send that to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. So what's the world's biggest problem or what, what solution would you love to give the world?
1: Stop comparing. Stop (laughs) comparing. We have a huge problem with comparing um, ourselves to others. whether it's our own being or materials, it's, it's pretty wild. And I think that creates, it it cripples a lot of people um, to being their own authentic and genuine self.
0: You know, that's interesting. You mentioned that I often have an experience at, uh, at yoga because it's, there's a wide variety of people in a yoga class. Mm -hmm. So in that variety, there are all sorts of, shapes and sizes and ages and color. I mean, I mean, everything. So it's happened before that when I go to class, I go in and I'm very critical. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Mostly as you really astutely point out, comparing myself to, you know, I can't do a crow and Heather, you know, whatever it is, but at some point During the class, I'll have this transitional moment where I kind of go, look at what's going on. This is so great. These people are so fantastic. I am awesome. And that happens during class. And it's really very grounding and um, enriching and fulfilling and i just that is hard to do on my own but it happens uh, during class that kind of acceptance and embrace of that i right i want to become my best self and right now i am doing the best i can and it's pretty good so i love that yeah. stop comparing wow mm-hmm. well we have come to the end of our podcast and at the end We say goodbye, listeners.
1: Goodbye, listeners.
0: Thank you for joining Hashtag Resilience. Please reach out to me with questions and subscribe so that we can help fortify your resilience going forward. I'd love to hear from you. Go to HashtagResilience.com, that's all one word, to learn more. Links and details are in the episode notes. Spread the word.